Stereo. So my senior project was to learn about how to quote unquote, learn about how to install car stereo and then install one. And I sort of like took pictures as I did it and gave a presentation at the end about like how I did it and what I learned. So right. I don't know. So ours was a pretty open format. There's probably more requirements there than I remember, but um, yeah, it was pretty, pretty open. All right. So mm-hmm. what, what <laughs> tell me about your senior project. <laughs> So, um, I mean, this actually connects to podcasting in, in a way. And like, I've, I've been telling this story to Sarah forever just because it makes her laugh. Um, but I, you know, it took being kind of the slacker, not initiative person. Like my dad had to sit down with me one day, like probably close to the first check-in for the senior project <laughs> during that senior year, you know, probably sometime like November, December. He's like, okay, we need to like really whittle down to some topics that you can talk about you know, what are your interests? And I was just like, I didn't have a lot of interest, you know, it's kind of, you know, slacker kids. So video gaming, uh, you know, watching movies, really just kind of hung out yeah. with the family. And, uh, but also like radio. So I was like, cause I listened to a lot of radio, kind of like I listen to a lot of podcasts. Now I listen to a lot of music stations. Sure. And, um, I was kind of interested in like the whole behind the scenes with the radio deal. So, uh, somehow my dad helped me, um, find, a radio station I could come and like just hang out in for like a few hours one day, like on the, on the weekend, like he contacted, I think it was KGNW. I think that's who they were They're They were, I don't know if they're still there, but they're like a Christian station <laughs> in, in Seattle. It's like, they're not going to say no. Um, but I don't know if you've ever been in a radio station. It's, it's actually really cool. I never have. It's, no, that would be yeah. a cool experience. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like you just, hanging out in like a little tiny studio with someone else. And like, this is in the late nineties. So this is like, not everything's all programmed and like ready to go with like MP3 files. Like I'm sure it is Mm. now where it's just on autoplay. Like the guy was actually like moving the tapes around to like to play the commercials, like, and had them lined up and, you know, had like the bumper music going, like he was just playing it himself and he'd fade it out and uh, start talking about whatever he's talking. And then like, go into the the music and then you talk, would talk to me a lot about the process of yeah. producing radio and this stuff is like just fascinating like i never seen anything like it so what my actual presentation was going to be <laughs> <laughs> so that was part of it the other part was like you had to i can't remember what it was like yes observe something but then you have to do something or make something right like yeah. you were saying so what i did is i <laughs> i borrowed a friend's little tiny radio transmitter <laughs> And I basically set up like my own little DJ booth in my bedroom (laughs) and it broadcasts maybe, maybe like 500 feet. So someone who, someone who's tuned into like 98.5, which is like between our classical station and our jazz station. In your neighbor's backyard. (laughs) Yes. Like in my mom's apartment in my bedroom, um, I'm like broadcasting out. I'm like, I have my CD player hooked up to it. I think I have the aux in there. So it's like actually playing the music and I'm like kind of saying like, oh, this is da, 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 da. Uh, this is such and such. This is such and such like with this track. Uh, and I put out there uh, just just kind of being like a radio DJ. And it was a lot of fun. Uh, but then when I presented it, <laughs> so embarrassing. <laughs> I think Zach was I think Zach <laughs> and my dad or both of them were there to see me present in quotes. I took the radio yeah. transmitter into like the little annex room and like put a big boom box at the front of the room of the presentation. So I was trying to transmit my voice to the boom box. Like I was like, kind of give my whole intro. And then I like walked into the room from where the radio transmitter was. And when I walked in, like they all had this 
blank look on their face after I had done my introduction for a few minutes in this little annex. And like, they're telling me like, no, it, it didn't work at all. Like we didn't hear anything you, <laughs> anything oh, you no. said. So it was, I was super bummed about that. And then I had to present about what I'd been doing. And for whatever reason, they didn't pass me the first time. I, I don't, I don't know what else they were it's really looking for. It's because your boombox just... didn't work. They fucked you over the boombox, yeah. those bastards. I, uh, stupid boombox. It is something I had tested too. I think that's why my dad was there to help me Do you think set it all up because he had helped me. Maybe set it the up dial home. just got nudged or like it didn't transmit <laughs> through the wall or something. I don't know. Yeah. It might've just been those school walls like are just too heavy to transmit through. Cause I, I know it transmitted at home. Cause I remember practicing with my dad, like in another room and I transmit and he could hear it, um, through the, <laughs> Whatever so certain did, radio station. Did you, have to, <laughs> did you have to redo it? You had to represent it. It was oh so dumb. Well, when well, like a couple of days later, you can go to the main office and they have the whole printout of all the students who passed their senior oh project, my God. and then a much a much shorter list. But don't worry, it's not your name; it's just your student <laughs> number, which is I don't know, also embarrassing. And then next to that is a much shorter list of the people who didn't pass their oh senior project, and it's like there's my number on the didn't pass. So I ended up um, just doing like a tiny bit of extra work, which is so stupid and so right. menial. Like uh, I had to propose, like okay, well. I guess what I can do is I can just kind of analyze what's on the radio for a couple hours and just kind of write down some statistics. And that's what I ended up doing. Like, oh, they're playing like this many music of song, this many minutes of music, this many minutes of like the DJ talk, and this many oh minutes God. of what a waste uh, of the time. commercials playing. It was totally, it was what a waste, waste of time. time. I, I I thought I did enough for the first time around. I'll always think that, but um, I don't know. I, I think I think what that really ties into nowadays is doing this kind of radio show. <laughs> From my office, basically. Well, all right. Should we uh, should we get this ball rolling here? Welcome to Predator Minute, the podcast where we break down the 1987 action sci-fi classic Predator one minute at a time. I'm John Zabriskie. And I am Jeff Glover. And we're talking minute 98 of predator uh minute 98 you could call a lot of things when we talk about the year but of course you could talk about 98 being the mike ditka of mm. years the, the bears the bears the uh casey big snack hampton i don't know if you know who casey big <laughs> snack fantastic, is. i don't know either but fantastic nickname it was just just one that popped such up a, when i was such a good nickname <laughs> love, that, love that guy oh i wish someday I, I can only wish that my nickname would be big snack <laughs> i have tony siragusa and then isaiah mack but i believe isaiah mack wears 97 so he might be an accidental carryover but as it were isaiah mack wore 97 mac. not not 98 mac 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 I think Isaiah Mack was from last minute. I seem to recall that. Yeah. I don't know about (laughs) the goose though. The goose, I'm pretty sure is 98. He was like one of those big, big fella uh, defensive linemen on the Mm. Ravens and a couple of the teams. And he's known as like a sideline reporter, 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 reporter in the NFL. Jeez. (laughs) Hey, yo. (laughs) Is Adam Pranica here again? Hey, 96, (laughs) head on the bread. (laughs) 96 degrees. <laughs> 96 degrees in the shade.
in the shade. Uh, some other 98s of note, if we're diving into 1998, I believe mm. you also graduated high school uh, along with me, but not did. We are class of 98 graduates around here. That's right. Yeah. The we're fight old. 98s. Fight 98s. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot of things on this uh on this list that are near and dear to my heart because of the time period it came out. This was a very influential time period for me in terms of movies and music. Um, a little less for me with video games, but video games are still in there. But um, I don't know. Do we start with music? Yeah, let's start with music and we'll maybe start tying things in. I can't uh, look at this list without mentioning <laughs> Intergalactic by the Beastie Boys. Yep, yep. I figure I took you for a Beastie Boys fan. That's why that's yeah. it. I'm a massive Beastie Boys fan, actually. They're probably my favorite music group of all time. Ooh. Um, and 1998 is notable because it's the year they released their Hello Nasty album that had the Intergalactic song on it. Uh, it's also when Mixmaster Mike joined the group as their DJ. And it's also the year that they came to Seattle on their tour promoting their album and performed at Key Arena with A Tribe Called Quest as their openers. And I was there. Hmm. And it's uh, one of the greatest shows I've ever seen. So Awesome. Yeah, that holds a very special place in my heart, the 1998 with the Beastie Boys, for sure. What, uh, what songs jump out to you here? Um, I just wrote a ton of them, but yeah. um, this is when alternative rock is really starting to take off. That kind of uh, really alternative pop rock, I'll call it. Like you have sure. Matchbox 20, you have Goo Goo Dolls, uh, you have Sugar Ray, who's not in mm-hmm. here, but I'm pretty sure they're busting out the jams then. Have, this was uh, like the, sorry to interrupt, but this was like yeah. the intersection of the alternative grunge scene as it morphed into the pop scene, right? We kind of talked about that a couple minutes ago. Yeah. You're seeing it here when you get sort of this commercialized version of alternative rock. Oh, Third Eye Blind with mm-hmm. Jumper. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, yeah. And, the Goo Goo Dolls. And, yeah, Goo Goo Dolls with their big hit Iris. And we'll talk more about the movie tie-ins in a minute. Yeah. Um, a bunch of good hip-hop Lots of good hip hop. Make yeah. him say, Master oh my P. God, that Master P album. Still oh, not a player. That's great. Yes. Just crush a lot. <laughs> uh, oh, one of my favorites was Too Close by Next. I don't know if you knew that was. Did you know I had that was another one where I had the CD only for the one song. Like none of the other good, none of the other tracks were good, but that was a really good one. That was one. Nice. Yeah, you got. That's great. You got um. Ghetto Superstar on there, Rosa Parks, the Outcast song. Uh, gosh, so many good ones. Oh, getting um, jiggy with it. Miami, yeah. just the two of us, all Big Willie style. Like he comes out with that album, mm-hmm. like, just takes Hard Knock over. Life. Uh, yeah, Jay Z. Yeah, that uh, Will Smith was like at the peak of his career there. Yeah, uh, Fly Away by Lenny Kravitz. That was one of those songs that was just mm-hmm. everywhere. Um, what else? Yeah, it's a good list. This is a, it's it's funny. This is the time period of my life where you can give me a song from this year, and it and it will like spark a specific memory that I associate with that song, Mm -hmm. you know. And there's there's not a lot of years in my life where that's the case. And I think that you know when you're 17, 18 years old, you're very impressionable, and, and like at least for me, music was like 
capital, very capital important to me at the time, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, well, you're decking out your truck with all that audio right. superiority. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> oh, good stuff. Uh, well, before about... we talk movies, let's, let's talk a few games because there's yeah. one standout for you. And there's a lot of standouts for me. Like overall, like the big standouts are Ocarina of Time. It's like mm-hmm. a big game changer for uh, like three-dimensional exploration. There's Half-Life, which was a huge shooter at the time. And even mm-hmm. bigger, I believe, is the engine that runs Half-Life is still used this day. Right. Uh, Metal Gear Solid, it was turning like this kind of espionage video game into another three-dimensional thing with a bunch of weirdness and a bunch of weird characters and uh just memorable scenes there's starcraft which is really kicking off the um turn-based not turn-based what i'm thinking active i love the combat real-time strategy games where like you're attacking each other and building up your forces and your soldiers and sending them out to fight against each other like in real time my life for iron right uh i had to point out there is a video game, sorry, uh, Pokemon Red and Blue come out in the US and that's huge. That's like the big start for Pokemon. So a lot of like these huge franchises and, the, and these modes of playing are really starting to take off here. Uh, there's also one called Glover where you control a white Mickey <laughs> yes. Mouse style glove just running around. Yes, I remember that because there is one more. It was It's the game that I played uh, endlessly yes. in my dorm room when I was a <laughs> freshman in college with my roommate. Uh, and that is NFL Blitz. Yes. It's illegal. Where you could, when the play was over, you could just jump up and body slam <laughs> the opponent with no penalties. The game was just beginning. <laughs> <laughs> where you were encouraged to like <laughs> pull guys down by their face mask and and s- literally punch guys instead of tackling them. <laughs> just a great concept for a game. And NFL Blitz had this wonderful thing built into it where it would, if you were behind, it would start to give you advantages in the gameplay. Like fumbles would go your way. You were more prone to get interceptions if you were trailing. And so there was like this built in, uh, I don't know what you call it, like underdog boost that made every game close. You could get down by three touchdowns and then all of a sudden the team that was winning would fumble the ball in every possession and you would take over. And uh, so it made every game close no matter what. And it just led to some major outrage (laughs) in our dorm room. And I will love it so much for that forever. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. Yeah. John, I don't even know where to begin with the list of movies here from 1998. I, I still maintain that 1998 and 1999 are two of the greatest years for movies that are in our lifetime. I, I would agree because, like you and I, are probably in the same. Well, not not maybe seeing all the same movies, but definitely having that freedom to now mm-hmm. just drive yourself to the movies. I think '98 is also, like I eventually started driving a car in 1998. Like it took me <laughs> a long time. I didn't, you know, me. I, I talked about being a slacker in high school. I didn't do driver's ed. I didn't do the thing. Like, eventually, the system has a, what is it? What do you call it? An NFL blitz? The uh, Oh, the underdog boost? Yeah. The, the driver's yeah licensing station or whatever here in Washington, it has that underdog boost where if you wait yeah. long enough, you don't have to take the classes. You just take a test. And like I just sat there in the DMV, read through the book, took the test, 
did the driving test and yeah. boom, I had my license. I was not, I was not needing to drive at 16. I, I waited till I was about 18 and a half before I started That's driving. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I went and got my driver's license on my 16th birthday. <laughs> nice. nice. <laughs> so here's my, here's my thesis paper on why 98 and 99 might be some of the greatest years for movies. I think it was an inflection point in in Hollywood in terms of the movie making world. I think a lot of different factors were coming together to produce some of the best movies across lots of different genres all at the same time, maybe more than any other time period that we've seen. Right. So in terms of action movies, uh, you've got the advent of CGI and with movies like Terminator 2 and even like Independence Day and uh, these other big and Jurassic Park, these other blockbusters really pushed CGI to the forefront and and made kind of gave a resurgence to the big blockbuster action movie that we kind of similar to what we got in the 80s. Right. Mm. So you have that happening. On the horror side of things, there was a very there was a big lull in horror going into the early '90s as the '80s boom kind of slowed down. The '90s is always considered kind of a strange time for horror, but Scream in 1996 really reinvigorated the horror scene, and we had a plethora of horror movies, specifically like teen horror movies, being made throughout the mid to late '90s because of the success of Stream, Scream. So you have that on top of that, you have the success of Pulp Fiction and the sort of independent movie. That's not really independent because you have a director who's uh, proven themselves and they pull in a bunch of big superstars into your smaller independent movie. Mm -hmm. So you have movies like that being made. And then on the comedy side of things, it was like, there was seemed to be a return to like kind of the screwball, raunchy comedy, right? Mm -hmm. I feel like that kind of got started up again in the late nineties and all these things sort of happened at the same time and, and produced just a, just a glut of great, great movies kicking off in 98 and 99. So there's my film paper for you. Wow. About why I think this is the greatest period for movies. Well, let's, let's talk about some of these great movies. And okay. Maybe some yeah. of them Thank you for indulging me there. I, I was, it's something I've been thinking about. So yeah, no, thanks for putting <laughs> the, 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 the thinker into that. Um, I'm just going to start off with like the big movie music tie-ins. Cause mm -hmm. I, I, I have a, yeah, a hankering to find those connections. Uh, first off, I believe the top movie of the year is Armageddon. If not, yeah, yeah, if not one, then it's two. Uh, but it is tied heavily, of course, to the Aerosmith song "Don't Want to Miss a Thing." That was just everywhere. Armageddon was everywhere. Don't want to miss a like, thing. Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, then you have like kind of the. <laughs> <laughs> the younger step sibling of course of Armageddon is Deep Impact it's like the mm. kind of more character driven more serious movie less flashy okay. uh, probably I was always that guy in college that was like Deep Impact was better man it was better but um <laughs> that's me <laughs> uh, you had Mulan which had a really awesome soundtrack it had mm. um, a whole bunch of good solid songs true to your heart was like 
by this boy band 98 degrees that was really popular i remember yeah. but yeah. also the one that carries on to this day is i'll make a man out of you like sixth graders know it i'm sure seniors know it uh i'm sure kindergartners know it and people of all ages know it yeah that's still a popular one with all of my my middle and high school students of the last several years they all know yep. that one yep uh, you had Dr. Doolittle, maybe not that, I don't remember if that movie is very, like, box office worthy, but I remember it had the Aaliyah song, Are You That Somebody? <laughs> I think I, I think she dies in a plane crash that year, Aaliyah, she's like this young R&B oh, singer. that's right. Man, like on this track that was sad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, City of Angels, tied to Iris by the Goo Goo Dolls, I remember that mm. one. That's the one where at the end Meg Ryan dies, like, riding her bike with her hands on on the handlebars like what are you doing right 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 <laughs> so stupid uh so i'll run by I'll, how about i run by maybe some of the the movies that stood out to me and like some of these other ones might stand out to you a little bit more that's why i put them on there sure but, yeah um let's go godzilla 1998 i remember being really let down by that yeah that was bad, that was really uh, there's, bad. there's something about mary when um i finally like rented a place by myself it was like one of the few it was like one of the first VHSs I bought and just played it over and over again. <laughs> I don't know to the point where I was like, I really like this movie. Uh, I I do love that movie, and the first time I saw that movie was like a revelation. I mean, that was like we were at the Fairly Brothers high point, right? With Dumb and yeah. Dumber, there's something about Mary, and they had a couple others in there, and they were really at their peak during during the mid to late nineties. Yep. Yeah. 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 That was a that was yeah star making vehicle for. I would say Ben Stiller and Cameron Diaz. Yeah, definitely Cameron Diaz. Like, I feel yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, and Matt Dillon. 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 Nice, nice yeah. call. <laughs> Whoa, didn't plan that. Uh, Truman Show. Like, that's that's a fun one. I really mm -hmm. enjoy that movie. Uh, it's one of actually. I like that movie a lot too. Yeah. Yeah, we we've shown that in language arts. Like, oh really? Sixth graders, and I I just really enjoy watching that with them and like talking about it. It's one of those movies that like I'm glad to put on to show uh, the students um, anything else that really stands out to me uh, oh no oh dead man on campus it was like the first movie I remember going to see <laughs> without parents like I went with a high school friend it was like I remember that was a big deal it was like oh I'm going to a movie with a friend from high school like for the first time ever that was fun uh, the movie's not that great but I definitely yeah. have strong memories in that and Night at the yeah. Roxbury, and what else? It's probably Waterboy. That kind of stands out <laughs> as like everything else. That, yeah. I remember seeing Waterboy in the theater. It was that yeah. was during, you know, that came. I think that was the one after Happy Gilmore, and before that was Billy Madison. So that was like, you know, Sandler was in a hot run there. Mm -hmm. So you had to go see the new Sandler movie. Yeah. 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 What What about you? Any, any movies here stand out that it didn't? talk about yeah several here so i i can tell you that two of my favorite movies of all time are on this list uh, Ooh, can i guess can i guess yeah go for it okay i already have the first one kind of in my pocket right there and the second one no 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 odd couple two no <laughs> three ninjas four oh, no close <laughs> you're close. like oh i didn't realize uh <laughs> Jeez, I'm, I say one has to be Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. It is. Yeah, wow, good I, job. I, I just know. And Saving Private Ryan. 
Uh, good guess. I do okay. like that movie, but that that's not the one that was jumping out to me. The other one that jumped out to me is Rounders. Uh, oh, that's number three. So I was about to say there are two that are like in my kind of like top 10, maybe, I don't know, top 20 something. But then Rounders is the other one that like is near and dear to my heart. But The Big Lebowski, right. Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas and, and Rounders, I love. Mm. Um, the Big Lebowski, I still maintain, is one of the greatest comedies ever made. Might be the greatest comedy ever made, in my humble opinion. And uh, Fear and Loathing, I have a strange relationship with. I love that movie because I love Johnny Depp's performance. And I think it's such a strange, crazy, wacky movie that does not play by any rules. And I just love how it doesn't care about a narrative or telling a complete story. It's just one vignette after another of two psychotic people taking a shitload of drugs in Las Vegas. And uh, I think it's Johnny Depp's best performance he's ever given. And um, I had that movie on VHS and I used to, there was a moment in time when I was like 21, 22 years old where I would fall asleep every single night to that movie playing. Holy cow. I would just come home from wherever I was. If I was out that night or doing whatever, or if I was finishing up my homework or coming home from work, when I got into bed, I'd pop fear and loathing into the VHS player and I'd fall asleep with the playing. It's, I oh. don't know why it's a strange choice for that, but that's, I did it all the time. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. I, yeah. I can't, I can't say I have a very strong connection to any of these movies other than what I already explained with like, a couple of them, like I don't know that I've seen really any of these movies in the last mm-hmm. 10, 15 years. I'll mention the other ones. Like like I said, uh, Rounders is amazing because I like playing poker and I like gambling. Yep. Um, uh, <laughs> Dirty Work I had on VHS when I was in college and it's a shitty movie. I watched way too much. Um, Blade, I love. I love Blade. Yeah, it's Rush kind, of, kind, of, kind of starting off the, I would say, the superhero right. comic book I mean, boom right here. This is 98. This is a couple... Three years before, I mean, that's four a, years before Spider Man, like the big first Spider Man. That's a Marvel movie, right? Blade's a Marvel comic, right? It is a Marvel movie. It's not part of MCU, but it, it's, it, to my knowledge, I think that's the first Marvel movie in a long time, like since the 80s themselves, like yeah. we're doing Howard the Duck and other See, movies. Like that's that. That. my Marvel movie right there. Yeah, there you go. It's a good <laughs> one. That's a solid one. Yeah. Uh, Rushmore is a great comedy. American History X is really intense, but very good. Um, that's all I got. I'll stop there. Those great list though. Great list from 1998. Oh, I forgot one of the, oh, one of the top music movie connections, Bullworth, which I never saw, um, but it was hmm. connected to get a superstar. Oh yeah. Uh, that was, that was all over the place too. Yeah. Bullworth. I used to have that on VHS. That's funny. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. This is, this is like, I'm saying this is like our, like our kind of VHS era, era. Right. era. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> I feel like I just saw one that I should have mentioned and then I zoomed by. I don't know. There's too many. There's the too little toaster goes to Mars. That might be, that should go in the sequel. You're right. We have a crappy sequel list here. I'll run through them real oh, quick. Oh boy. Yeah. Go Lead hit the these weapon. bangers right now. Do Lead it. the weapon four. Although I think that's the one that stars Jet Li as the bad guy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's like the introduction to that's American right. audiences. Yeah. So there, there you go. Uh, Blues Brothers 2000, Three Ninjas 4, The Odd Couple 2, Species 2, Minor League Ooh. 3. I think that's Major League 3, back to the minors, if I remember correctly. Mm. Uh, Halloween H2O, which is the one with Busta Rhymes, right? It is. It's pretty bad. There are, there are lovers of it out there, but 
you can find people who love every horror movie. So, yeah, this is yeah. this is where it's like we're going to blend reality TV, like what's popular with uh, a genre film. And, right. They yeah. did that with um, a new nightmare as well. Mm-hmm. The, the when Wes Craven returned to the nightmare franchise in the nineties. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, Airbud to Pocahontas <laughs> to the Casper prequel to this is the second of the Casper prequels. I don't remember the name. Wow. Uh, Lion King two. I still know what you did last summer. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, I see you skipped two. over Bride of Chucky. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna end on that one. Oh, Star sorry. Trek and then, <laughs> no, it's all good. And then Bride of Chucky. I didn't know if you had anything to say for Bride of Chucky. Uh, Bride of Chucky is better than Seed of Chucky. Okay. Um, but it starts the strange shift that the the Child's Play movies make. Like the Child's Play movies have Child's Play one, two, and three from the eighties and early nineties, and Child's Play one and two is pretty good. Three is garbage. And then they okay. took a break and they stopped using the child's play name and all the movies after that have Chucky in the title hmm. and you get bride of Chucky seed of Chucky. And then they stopped making Chucky movies for a while. And they started making direct Netflix Chucky movies like five or six years ago. And there's two or three of them there. Huh. And bride of Chucky is m- much more of a horror comedy than the original child's plays all played it straight. Right. Mm-hmm. Like the original Child's Play is is a pretty straight, scary horror film. Bride of Chucky is full on tongue in cheek, like sort of meta uh, horror comedy. And it's it's OK. Like if you go in knowing that's what it is, it's kind of fun. But man, the next one they made Seed of Chucky. Whew. <laughs> there are people that like that one. But man, I cannot mm. I cannot get through that one. It is not good. <laughs> I'll just I'll just watch the kill count kill count video event. Yeah, yeah. Even that might be tiresome. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, enough of uh, the '98 talking about the year. Let's talk about the movie Predator. Uh, Predator. Oh yeah, yeah. '98. Predator minute '98 begins with the Predator still beating down Dutch in first person mode, and then. Um, ends with Dutch looking at taking care of business. A trap. Mm, a trap. Trap. It's a trap. All right. Let's jump into it. All right. Back to Predator here. This feels good. We took I wonder if we're going to talk about 1998 more or Predator. <laughs> I have a feeling. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll find out. But one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited to talk about uh, Minute 98 here. So we'll jump into the first part. This is the first 26 seconds. We carry over from last minute. The predator roars at the camera before resuming his <laughs> before resuming his beatdown of Dutch. Dutch then crawls away towards we see some flames in the background with the predator walking really, really slowly behind him. He then crawls over a log log uh, toward a small ditch log. closer and closer to the flames. And we'll cut it off there. Man, Dutch is just getting a beat down. It just continues here, doesn't it? (laughs) Yeah, the second part of this minute is really where this climactic fight starts to turn. But uh, up until this 26 second mark, he is literally a wounded animal just dragging himself away from the predator. The predator just stalking him from mere feet, just walking right behind him. Like he could kill him anytime, anytime. Anytime. But anytime. He's just really, really dragging this out. He's just 
this whole first part is just comically slow. It's one of the funnier, funnier bits of the movie. I thought unintentionally perhaps, but it just is. like, it's, it's like something you could easily put into a movie and be making fun of a scene where someone's trying to <laughs> escape someone else. Like, Oh, 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 you need a hand there. Like going over that log. Okay. Go. You're good. You're good. Keep, keep escaping. It is comically slow. And this is just continues the theme of the predator is acting on hubris here on arrogance he feel it hubris he feel like he feels like he's already won he is a cat playing around with the half dead mouse at this Mm -hmm. point and uh, is just enjoying watching dutch suffer just walking behind him watching him crawl slowly down into this ravine now i would argue the predator may be taking this too far because he lets his prey crawl all the way down into this ditch Mm -hmm. Mm, which um may may prove to not be a good idea we'll find yeah, out kind of kind of far further away than i would have thought a hunter like him uh would have let his prey wander as slow as he's going he could easily just kind of i don't know even like tie a leash to dutch and just kind of have dutch kind of pull him along just <laughs> right <laughs> come on faster faster let's see let's see where you're going with this so it is interesting to start thinking about like when is he actually going to execute this prey we'll, we'll find out in the next few seconds here uh, the plan. Um, I thought it was a good roar face here at the very start of the minute. Excellent you, roar face. If you yes. pause it there, you can see all the grossness of the face. Yeah, like, good mandible work there. We uh, really see that that Kevin Peter Hall costume in full effect, don't we? Like the spreading mm-hmm. of the mandibles and oh, it's all slimy. It's really great. Yeah, like as cool as that setup looks, like that predator has probably the hardest time eating something solid. <laughs> like like this mandible, the mandibles themselves have these giant spikes. He has basically two canines and that's kind of it for the top. And then he has a whole row of bottom teeth, but I don't know where you can do with like a row of bottom teeth with no good upper chewers or even lower chewers for that matter. He's just probably slurping down a bunch of... <laughs> Uh, liquid smoothies, I'd imagine, in the swamp. Hey, I got you guys a protein shake. Awesome. I love protein. I know you love protein. I love protein, too. Yeah, protein rocks. Are you guys talking about protein? I love protein. I love protein, too. We know you love protein. Protein rocks. Awesome. Protein rocks. Protein. 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 You guys, could I just get some Greek yogurt? Somebody get this man some protein! That would be great. <laughs> maybe a pudding cup? Maybe maybe <laughs> a little, little pudding cup for dessert. My, my mandibles are killing me today. Hey, speaking of predators. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Oh, the pudding pup. No, the, uh, oh, no. Oh, no. Pudding pups. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> Go there. Bill Cosby <laughs> as a predator. Ooh, wow. Uh, a lot to unpack there. My goodness. Exactly. Jello pudding pops. Frozen pudding on a stick. Exactly. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. So uh, you mentioned that we get a really nice uh, kind of uh, methodical march of the drums here with the score. Yeah. I like this. Kind of like this death march, basically. Like, Dunna. Yeah, read about like soldiers taking prisoners of wars on like we're just gonna march and march and march until he dies. It's kind of like what he's doing. Maybe he's partially also seeing if Dutch can just give out and die right here. I'm curious, right? But, yeah, there's, uh, we get some good like uh, predator noises. 
Yeah, there's some there's some good clicks uh, and there's some like kind of slappy sound at like eight seconds, nine seconds. I don't know <laughs> if you notice that. It's weird. This kind of like <laughs> kind of noise. <laughs> I did notice. I did notice that. And uh, let me know what you... you think that is. It's, it's like, <laughs> it sounds like a fish or something like that got loose on the set and it's just slapping around on the like next to this uh, next to the microphone. <laughs> When you mentioned that in your, I noticed it, and then you mentioned it in your notes, and it made me laugh because I had heard it too. And all I could think about was like being in middle school with my friends and sitting in the back of the classroom and making this noise with your lips where you do this. (laughs) And all the girls turn around going, yeah, exactly. That's what it sounds like. Yeah, what do you think that is? Uh, I think it's supposed to be kind of like his clicks. Mm. Like the predator clicks that we hear, you know, in other parts of the film. Right. But they've kind of made it more of a slappy sound. Maybe it's because his helmet is off. Do you think that could be it? His helmet is off? So we. We get a little more of the yeah, maybe it's like a moistness. I was gonna say moist, right? <laughs> a moist mm. minute. Mm. No, it's a Delicious. very moist minute, very moist half Ugh, minute. Yeah. Um, we're back in this. All right, should we? First, oh, I was gonna say. Go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna jump to the commentary here because he is pointing out oh, yeah. in the commentary that. We're moving from the soundstage, which they used to film really the first person beat em up scenes. And I believe that they used to film the little interlude scene where he pens Dutch's neck to the log mm-hmm. and he's just beaten up Dutch, like just kind of an enclosed area. Uh, now you can see the backdrop really opens up. That back fog back. is back, back. Back, is really well lit up. And uh, McTiernan is giving cinematographer Don McAlpine, Don McAlpine uh, all the credit for lighting up the scene and, and really opening up the area because um, when before Dutch even crawls into this larger area, uh, you have this feeling like the area is opening up from where they're um, fighting each other. Yeah, it is really cool when we, we get some wide shots. There's a lot of close-up shots of them fighting, but in between those, we get a lot of wide shots of the jungle, of their environment around them. Mm-hmm. And, and you're right, like you get a sense of openness and the trees are a little more sparse in where they're shooting and you get the fog sort of flowing up from the background. You can see that fire burning that gives the ambient light. Um, and it just creates this really cool setting for this final showdown. Um, so it's a really good choice. It's a really nice job of the cinematographer and the effects people to kind of work together to create this uh, mm-hmm. environment. I love it. I, I especially like the return to these, like these flames that he lit now it feels like a year ago, honestly, right. <laughs> in real time. That, right. But it's, it, if I were to do the actual minute math, I think it's like 10 minutes since mm-hmm. he lit the fire and kind of did this whole roundabout thing. If you were to draw a map of this area, like here's him setting the trap, throwing down the flames, swing like Tarzan, falling down into the jungle floor and then like just being beat up mercilessly, just probably just like a few dozen feet away from where he set up the trap in the first place. And now he's returning to this scene and that fire is a real good 
uh, reminder really kicks in the memory to say, oh, right, the, he lit this fire. This is not a naturally occurring fire. Now they're returning back to um, where he set everything up. So you kind of have the idea of the geography before you even see staking care of business in the next 30 odd seconds. Yeah, good yeah. stuff. Good stuff. So you want to take us through the next part? Do it. All right. So second part here, we're going to go from second 27 all the way to the end of the minute. As Dutch enters the ditch via his crawling, we can see his old familiar handmade trap, our friend staking care of business. Dutch crawls under his carefully camouflaged spiky trap and then rests his fate, arrests and faces the predator as the hunter extends his wrist blades and approaches the trap in the ditch, even crouching to look under the trap. We cut to Dutch looking down towards the treadle trigger, that little stick that's stuck in the notch in the log that we saw him place many minutes ago. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right, so he has sort of, in a way, lured the predator. Maybe it's coincidence, but he finds himself back here at the ditch. We get a pretty cool shot of him kind of following him as the army crawls down into the ditch. And then the camera spins around. We see him getting all the way into the ditch. And I like how the predator is kind of looming behind him, just sort of watching him amused as he crawls down into this ditch. Is our hero screwed here or will he be able to utilize his trap? What do we think? Gosh, well, like the minute ends kind of on a cliffhanger with Dutch looking at the predator entering the trap and if I'm just believing that this predator is just continuing on this journey of following the wounded Dutch, I think the predator is just totally going to be killed by this trap, like in the next, I don't know, five, 10 seconds. I, I, I was looking at our minutes and the names. Uh, Staking Care Business was built back in minute 82. I really can't wow. believe that it's been 16 whole minutes since he built the, tra the spiky trap that uh, the predator is now looking at, like, it is crazy to, to think that large of a gap exists, but like the third act is just really in terms of pacing, just flown by. That's wild. That, yeah. that really does surprise me. Um, yeah. Like this, and this is, this is setting, setting us up, right? Like set us up. Uh, this set is up. supposed to be bullshit. the payoff of it's all bullshit. You set us up. It's all bullshit. This is supposed to be the setup of the trap, right? This is why they spent so much time uh, showing Arnold putting this together is so that mm -hmm. we can now uh, capture the predator in this trap. Right, hmm. to catch a predator. Uh, to catch... Oh my God. <laughs> Do you th Dutch, to catch a Cosby. <laughs> Dutch should have brought a six-pack of Mike's Hard Lemonade and a couple Tiger Beat magazines. <laughs> the Jello Pudding Pop. <laughs> Jello oh. Pudding Pop. Jello Pudding Pops. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, now, not to give away too much in the future, but we will find out if if Dutch's plan here, if this was his plan, um, ends up working, but yeah. this is the setup for us, right? We're, we're uh, supposed to believe that this is going to be where we get to see the, the trap executed, right? We get to we're, see really it work. Seeing, we're really now, hopefully maybe, I don't know, maybe hmm. this is how Dutch <laughs> right. envisioned, envisioned his plan going. <laughs> for lack of a better phrase, maybe right. he's like fake limping, fake wounded, dragging along he just playing right 
not playing right into it, but the Predators playing right into the Dutch's hands with Dutch like really, really taking the gamble that the Predators not going to just stick him to the ground, stick to the ground, stick, um, stick to the ground, stick around, stick a ground, stick around uh, with <laughs> with some with some blades to the back. He's just maybe he's just playing the Predator the whole time. Mm. I don't know about an addition being just beaten half to death and maybe three quarters to death, but um, this is truly like coming back to the MacGyver moment of like, now I have you right where I want you right under my <laughs> trap after, you know, 10 minutes of, of me being beaten and maybe some slashes to, to the body. Yeah. I, uh... I really thought this through. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's so funny is like he has set this trap. The amount of time and effort that he has put into this trap is kind of crazy. He had to whittle all these spikes and set all these counterweights and, Mm -hmm. you know, put vines together to make the ropes, presumably. Like, it's really kind of crazy that they had him make this trap. Um, Pull up the huge log counterweight. Right, exactly. And and, in the meantime, he also, like, made a bow and arrow. Like, just really... Is really handy. Right. Uh, and we didn't even see some of those arrows used. We didn't see the sharp, sticky, not sharp, sticky, but the uh, sharp spear being used. So um, in your mind, maybe you're cataloging, you're cataloging this trap as not going to be used. Like it's just something that uh, is right. Just going to be shelved like a few other things. And Dutch yeah. is going to have to figure out another way to survive until you see it again, which I think is so cool. As soon as he is back in the familiar ditch and we see the familiar trap it's it's to me it's giving me all this hope all of a sudden like oh i'm flooded with this hope that i had when i first saw him building the trap even though i know that nothing but net trap didn't really work out right well that's uh, just it right so he he builds all these things and then we we see him build that bonfire to try to lure the predator down right mm-hmm. and that plan fails Mm-hmm. And so in that moment, we think, okay, well, that's all out the window. Now it's just Dutch mono mono with this predator. Now he just needs to survive. And here, unexpectedly, you know, what, like you said, 16 minutes later or whatever, we find Dutch has made his way back to this little ditch or ravine. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the possibility that we're going to get to see this trap in action is back. 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 So this is a fun part of this third act. This is a fun part of the showdown uh, where if you're watching us for the first time, you're really kind of on the edge of your seat waiting to see what happens here. Right. Like you were saying so many things that failed before. Yeah. You know, who, who's to say this isn't going to fail? Like, do I really have faith even though I know he built this and he's super badass? I, I don't know that this is going to work out for Dutch. It's mm-hmm. all the same. It's really exciting. And like I said, that kind of familiar rush you have is... I think part of masterfully telling the story, I think a lesser movie would have them kind of abandon this trap scene and Dutch finish them off in a different way. Like in this script, for instance, um, he and the predator just like beating on each other a little bit. And Dutch actually has the advantage, um, like the physical advantage of having a weapon. He's ready to kill the predator with uh, the predator's own weapon that he finds on the ground after they, fight it out some and the predator just like actually starts to run away in the script. And um, I'll conclude the, uh, the script version shortly. Um, But yeah, it ends much differently uh, than in the movie. Interesting. Yeah. I'll be curious to hear that. I have not read ahead in the script, so I'm going to 
save the suspense for myself so I can enjoy mm. that. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, um, do you have more to add about this second section here of this minute? Um, so we mentioned the score. The score right here is moving from just kind of that. It's moving now to like this clash of symbols as the predator is entering, is, is entering what we think Dutch wants him to be entering. Now right. there's big clashing symbols as like really, really amping up uh, the intensity and the soundtrack to this kind of what you can only imagine to be this big climactic moment here in the entire movie with the predator being this close to Dutch and Dutch being this close to possibly uh, ensnaring uh, the predator. This track is called uh, Predator's Big Finish, which I love as a track title. <laughs> That's great. That it is means great. so many things. Either the predator's going to win, Dutch is going to win. However, however this ends, uh, if you knew the track listing going into this, you could be going like, oh my God, guys. <laughs> This is where it happens. <laughs> the the predator is is going to finish in the sexual sense. That's that's what it could mean. <laughs> he relieves himself right under the trap. <gasps> no, <laughs> it's, it's sticking around. Gross, no, sticky around. Oh, and it's no. a green. It's neon green. Oh, God. it's a neon green. Oh no. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> That's the whole point. He wanted to mate with Dutch. Oh, oh. Jeff, I think you just popped the conspiracy balloon on this. I think you figured this all out. It was well. We did talk about him spreading his mandibles like oh. uh, like like plumage on a peacock. So he's he's ready to get down. Yeah, Dutch yeah. is his honey trap. That's yeah. what we call it in the, <laughs> the hunting biz. <laughs> Find my mate. <laughs> oh, gross. All right. All right. Enough. <laughs> uh, gross. Did you have uh, anything else you wanted to add to 98? I, I think we did a good job covering it here. I think I'm ready to uh, close that section out and, and move on to recommends if you are ready. Yeah, I'm just excited to see what happens in minute 99. Where, where, they, where we go from this? Me too. We're almost at triple digits. Yes. Crazy. All right. Triple digits. Almost at hundo. All right. Well, I'll kick the recommends off. Oh, yeah. Uh, why, why don't you start us off on the recommends? I did a poor job of segueing there, but... That's yeah. uh, that's fine. I was kind of running the segue, and uh, we got off. So I'll get back on. Uh, get back onto my segue. And uh, as of the day of that we're recording this, this is going to come out a little later, but we are uh, recording this on October 1st, correct? Yes. It is October 1st. Now, for me, that is a very special day because that kicks off... Um, the month of horror movies, scary movies. My whole life is kind of uh, a scary movie month, but in October, I do try to watch uh, a lot more than I normally would. So I'm going to recommend a, a horror movie to kick things off for October. And this is a new movie that just came out. This is available on uh, for rental on VOD, and it's called Alone. Oh, never mind. I thought that you're... I thought you were saying Enola, sorry. Oh, no, no. It's just called Alone. Um, and it is a, it's a story of a woman who is a widower. And we find out she's a widower. And uh, the story picks up with her basically packing up her car and her U-Haul trailer. And she is moving out of town, presumably to kind of leave her old life behind and move on to 
better and greener pastures. And uh, what's cool about this movie is it takes place in the Pacific Northwest, which is near and dear to my heart. And so we see her driving through uh, Pacific Northwest forests and she's leaving the big city and driving through these wooded dark roads. And she comes across a fellow traveler who at first is uh, just someone who's driving in their car on the same highway as her and is driving poorly. And she has to pass them. And then they, in sort of a road rage-ish fashion, kind of speed up and pass them and sort of harasses her. And she ends up sort of getting entangled with this person. And um, not to give too much away, her trip takes some very sharp turns towards the horrific after getting entangled with this person. Um, and it's a, it's a pretty great little 90-minute horror movie and sort of thriller uh, cat and mouse game where um, you know it's part sort of car chase movie, it's part escape movie, it's, it's part uh, sort of mystery and um, it, it was pretty great. I was, I was impressed for kind of a small budget sort of horror movie that went straight to video. I was uh, pleasantly surprised by it. So if you're looking for a good scary movie to kick off your October, check out Alone. Can uh, check that out for rent wherever movies are streaming. Whoa, alone. That sounds alone. very creepy. Is this one of those movies that makes you not want to go in the woods? Yeah, it'll make you not want to go drive at night by yourself. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah, my wife did not like it. My wife lasted uh, half an hour and my she wife. was like, My wife. My wife. And she was like, I'm not going to sit here and watch a movie about a man who's harassing a woman. I was like, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I'll finish it. <laughs> uh, the tagline for the movie is, before things get better, they're going to get worse. Mm. That makes sense. Does that, do you think that, that fits that title or that tagline pretty well? Mm, not really, actually. It's pretty generic. <laughs> it's pretty generic. doesn't really tell you a lot. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Uh, but I'm always looking for some good little indie horror movies to recommend because the people that make these movies are passionate about what they do. And so it's exciting when I come across a good one. So hmm. check it out. Check it out. Check, check, check it out. What do you got for us this week, John? I'm always recommending movies. Do you have something different? Movie, show, shoes? What do you got? Uh, still collecting the shoes. Mm-hmm. And so that's good. Ultra Booster is still number one. <laughs> okay usa uh but uh sarah and i actually started watching a little comedy show i'll read off the tagline you tell me what it is oh it's easy when rich video store magnate johnny rose and his family suddenly find themselves broke they're forced to leave their pampered lives to regroup in Shit's creek there you go have you recommended this before i can't remember i may have a while back when my wife and i first started watching it we have my since wife. watched it. my wife my wife we have since watched every single episode it is great we love it it's a, it is just a feel-good funny show so great like it, it took a little bit to get going yep like in yep. the beginning i was like man these people are just super annoying i don't like them but yep. unlike other shows where people are super annoying and kind of unlikable uh, these people actually become likable they actually do things to make you like them they uh try to not just separate themselves from the residents of Shit's creek but they try to uh what's the word i'm looking for uh, assimilate a little assimilate, bit into yeah. the the 
Yeah, the people enter that. The people enter the town. Uh, Stevie and, is one of the funniest characters. Yes, <laughs> it's just it's just a, a great show with awesome personalities, and you can tell they're just they have so much improv that they're doing, and they have so much just natural chemistry. It's yeah. created by Eugene and Daniel Levy, the real life father son who yeah. plays who play the father son uh, in the show. I, I I can't recommend it highly enough. Uh, Shit's Creek. It just just makes us laugh so much where we're like hitting the, you know, like the rewind button multiple times <laughs> during episodes. And they deservedly just swept the Emmys. Did you hear this? Oh, I didn't. Yeah, they won like all the major categories, like best comedy, um, uh, best actress, best best actor. Like they won, they swept a ton of awards in the Emmys. It was one of the first times that any show has won all the different awards that they won all at the same time. So whoa, they got because the their most recent season was the last one. I think there's six seasons. Right. And uh, yeah, so which was very cool to see. Like they deserve it. It's a fun show. Yeah, we're only on, we're like a few episodes into the second season. And from what I see from the ratings and obviously the awards, like this is one of those really rare breed of shows that just becomes better as it goes on. It really does. It just gets better and better. And the characters become, you you just become to come to enjoy them more and more. And there's their little personality quirks they kind of tease out and it becomes sort of running jokes in the the show and yeah you're in for a treat you got a lot of good TV in front of you yeah well thanks man speaking of having lots of good TV in front of you where can people (laughs) find you on the broken cesspool that is Twitter that's the next some next level shit right there Uh, (laughs) you can find me on the Twitter I'm at Carl underscore Hungus 314. My name is Carl Ishbin Expert. Jeff Glover on the Twitter. Although I think right now for October, I am Jeff Part 4, the final chapter. The final chapter. <laughs> and and your banner, I don't know how I didn't notice this before, but it's from uh, Karate Kid. Is that one or two? Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's one. Yeah. That's yeah. one of my faves. Yeah. Can't wait for season three of Cobra Kai. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, all right, what do we got for uh, where can we find all things Predator Minute? Well, you can find us on the broken cesspool that is Twitter <laughs> at Predator Minute. You can email the seriously. Have you gone to Twitter? It sucks. I've been on Twitter. Yes. Yeah. I'm it's, on it. Yeah. Just just go to explore. Just you're just kind of die a slow death when you read anything about politics or. The thing with Twitter is you need to, it's hard, but you can curate your follows in such a way that you're looking at content you want to, but you have to be very diligent about it. Yeah. No, you can. It's just when something big happens, like all the people you still follow are going to comment on it. That's true. That's true. Can you believe what they said about, who's this, Amy Coney Barrett? Like, I don't even know. Oh, that's (laughs) the new new Supreme Court justice. Yeah. Oh, okay. There we go. Oh, nominee. Nominee. Yeah, yeah. We're not going to start talking about that. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, don't go to Twitter if you can help it. Just stay away. Burning cesspool of garbage. Uh, Please email the show, though, PredatorMinute at gmail.com. If you want to go to Facebook and really curate yourself a nice niche. Niche? Niche? Nice little safe area uh, to talk predator. Just go there and just join the group. Don't do anything else. Don't friend anybody. Don't unfriend. Don't message anybody. Don't just even join the palapa. Just join the predator minute listeners palapa. Targets the center of the palapa. Targets the center of the palapa. Targets the center of the palapa. 
Oh no, Dylan! Dylan! <laughs> Dylan! <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Oh man, <laughs> that, that reminds me. Uh, you're gonna have to remind me to talk about specific characters next minute we talk because I, I, <laughs> right. I had a fun little idea kicking around as I was driving somewhere. But oh, I'm excited. Okay, that'd be, that'd be fun to talk about. Maybe yeah. even put something on the Predator Minute listeners' palapa for ah. some participation points. We'll target the center of the palapa. Target's the center of the palapa. Target's the center of the palapa! Every day. All day. Uh, but for everything Predator Minute 98, I'm John Zabriskie. And I am Jeff Glover. And until next time... Stick around. Stick around. Stick around. Stick around. You're one ugly motherfucker. You're one ugly motherfucker. <laughs> That's the big finish. <laughs> that was the big finish. That's how, that's, is that what the Predator sounds like when he finishes? <laughs> it's green. Oh, oh man. If it, jeez, if it, if it somethings, we can kill it, I guess. <laughs> if, it, if it jizzes, we, yes. can, we can kill it. So, I don't know. It's something calm. like that. It feels like I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs> So the predator would say about it's probably what the predator would say about hunting. Let's be honest. Uh. <laughs> Nobody's doing that level of whatever without some satisfaction. Yeah. All right, yeah. let's cut it here. <laughs> exactly. What what would you have done now that we're talking about minute ninety eight? Our graduation year what would you have done as a student high schooler uh in this kind of pandemic uh mode i have thought about that a bit i <laughs> it depends on on like what how old i was if this had happened right so like well, let's say let's say high school let's, let's okay. say 98 let's take it back to 1998 oh. but it's like but it's not modern day technology Oh, but it's modern day technology. Okay, there's no way we would have been able to do any of this and in '98. Let's be honest. Oh my god, right? A lot of a lot of modems. <laughs> <laughs> Mom, I just got faxed my homework. <laughs> I hate fax. <laughs> I got to tear the little perforated edges off oh of the god, paper. I had that. The dot matrix. Yeah, oh the my dot god. Matrix. I if it was my senior year. Oh boy. Um, I had pretty much, I was a good student in high school for the most part. Like my, I think I finished my sophomore year with like a 3.8 or so GPA. Wow. But by the time I hit my junior and senior year, I got a little burnt out on high school and my interests shifted and, (laughs) uh, discovered alcohol and, oh my gosh. (laughs) And, uh, just was less interested in school. So I still graduated with a good GPA, but, um, by the time I was in my senior year, I was I was in the the mode where I was going to do the bare minimum that I had right. to do. So if this had happened, I would have been a bare minimum kid. I would have like <clears throat> I would have been that annoying kid that was asking the teacher all the time like what the bare minimum was I could do to still get credit. You know, this, will this be on the test? Will this, this be, be on the test? test? Yeah, is this due? Should I be writing this down? <laughs> do I have to turn this in? Like that's that that's who I would have been. Um, but I still would have probably just for my own like pride, I still would have made sure I got like at least a B or better in my class because right. that's kind of what I was doing at the time. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, good for you. I don't think, yeah, I was not a good high school <clears throat> student at all. So. Really? That surprises me. I know it surprises my students when I tell them too. I think my GPA in high school was like a 2.7, I want to say. Like when you graduated? Yeah, it was bad. Wow, I didn't know yeah. that. How'd you get into college? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like how to get in Western? <laughs> yeah, like that's still pretty well to get into, Even to like get into the, a regional uh, state university. <laughs> I know, I know. I, I couldn't tell you. I must have written a good cover letter and uh, tested well. But yeah, when I was in mm. high school, yeah, I was super... Yeah, I was not much of a focused kind of person. I was just uh, just a slacker, not even like drugs or alcohol or like mm. loud music. I was just kind of a slacker. And I see those kind of, you know, you probably see those kids too in your class. So you were like the nice, you know, like polite kid, but you just couldn't be bothered to like finish things on time. Right, exactly. Right. Just didn't have, you know, that initiative that, that, that killer instinct to be like okay here's the assignment here's the project i'm gonna do it like i we had the senior project yeah. yeah i don't know if you had that and like i did not pass my senior project and i had to re-present <laughs> that and that was kind of embarrassing <laughs> did i ever tell you about this this is shocking to me this is shocking to me no i i did not know this about you i would have pegged you as being like an a student Wow, I know it's weird that I give like when I hit college, it was like straight A's. It was like always president's list. It was just nothing but really. Yeah, it's just I, I think it must be somewhat with either the timing or the format. Like I do. I did just did much better in like that kind of lecture hall. Like here's a couple papers you're going to turn in and here's the big test you're going to do. And I would do everything and I would take my notes and study. But like it was just it was nothing like how it was in high school. I don't know what kind of switch was flipped. Nobody like put the fear of God into me, except, you know, just knowing I didn't want to work a minimum wage job after high school for longer yeah. than I had to. Well, that's interesting because the, the friend of mine that I, he was a friend, a really good friend of mine in high school. And we ended up going to Western together and, and rooming together mm. as freshmen in the dorms. And we kept, we continued to live together for our, several years with other roommates and stuff too, but he was a good friend of mine anyway. Uh, but he was also not a great high school student. He, yeah. I think he graduated with maybe just under like a 3.0. But yeah, he also got into Western. Um, and then when we got there, he turned into like <laughs> this great student. Like he mm -hmm. was he was pulling better grades than I was. <laughs> and I was like, what? What was the change? And yeah, there must be. Maybe it's maturity. Maybe it's just being in the collegiate atmosphere. Maybe it's the the power to like choose the classes that you want mm -hmm. that helps make that switch. Huh. Yeah. It's, I was just one of those kids who you'd be like meeting or emailing the parents about, I mean, back in the day it was like calling them meeting the parents live. That was always embarrassing right. having those teacher parent meetings right. <laughs> all through my career. But it was just like, I don't know, just never applied myself. Mm -hmm. And then finally like in college, it's like, well, I, I can apply myself, I guess. Cause I, for some reason I really wanted to be a teacher. Like, long time mm -hmm. ago like middle school high school and then finally learning about western being like this prodigious teacher college like i really wanted to That's make funny. it a point to do well there the apathetic student who doesn't like to do a shit wants to be a teacher <laughs> exactly so i th those are some of the stronger kids i'll connect to personally yeah. uh, even though like i know 
it's probably going to take them a while to actually start pulling them, pulling their acts together. I don't, uh, yeah, I try not to push those kids more than like I would have wanted to be pushed yeah. by an adult being like, come on, come on, come on. Like I just know how super annoying that is. So right. um, I can connect on other things too. 